Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Amen. Thanks, Brenda Rubio. Uh, grateful to pastor with you this year. Uh, so I'm Bill White, one of the, I'm the other pastor here uh, at City Church, and good to be with you guys uh, this morning. We are in a new sermon series called Plot Twists, which is kind of ambling through the book of Isaiah, uh, which is in the Old Testament, kind of the first half of the Bible where um, God is revealing himself over and over to this group of people trying to say, I love you and I want to bless the world through you. And along the way in the book of Isaiah, there are all these plot twists. The, it seems like the story is going this way and then it, it turns. It's how our life often works because our, our world, our culture, our own hearts say, well, this is the way life is supposed to go. And we, we travel down this road, but, but God often comes in and, and turns it and says, you know, there, there might be some different ways to look at your life. And so today we're going to start with just a really simple um, passage, uh, some simple ideas from Isaiah chapter 30 um, that help us think about the, the plot twist around what success is and the role of rest. Uh, you know, I grew up working hard, being taught that uh, hard work was, you know, one of the greatest values in life. And I don't regret uh, learning things about hard work. Hard work is obviously super important. Uh, but sometimes I think we're, we can be taught that success only comes through working hard. And there's a plot twist there because according to scripture, there's a plot twist around the definition of success, which is not necessarily having more and bigger and better, but actually flourishing. And there's a plot twist around working hard. And that's what we're gonna look at in particular today because the scripture says rest, is actually the key ingredient. It's this balanced life. It's this healthy rhythm that uh, leads to true success and true flourishing. Uh, this last week I was on vacation. Um, both Brenna and I were on vacation. It was really glorious. Um, me with my family and her with her family. And Turned off. I was. It was so great. I turned off all my devices. Didn't check text or phone or email or social media. Just spent time with the family. Um, you know, I had been going super hard. Our food team uh, has been up and running and just went crazy over the holidays. Uh, I think I mentioned to some of you. I I had neighbors show up on literally on my doorstep. Um, I think it was eight or nine out of 10 days in a row handing me cash uh, to provide food for other neighbors. And then there were other neighbors, dozens who are out delivering food, shopping for food, collecting food. It was just remarkable. It was so fun and it was so busy for me. Uh, my doorstep, you know, we social distance, wore masks, all that stuff, but my doorstep was a very um, busy place. 
And so I, I rested. I just took the, I took the week off and it was awesome. Oh my goodness, to actually shut down completely. Uh, one of the things that is very restful for me is I love board games and my son loves board games. And in particular, we like some of the bigger board games that take forever. So this is a picture of me and Timothy playing Axis and Allies, uh, which we probably last week, I don't know, Timothy, you could chime in. We probably spent at least 15 hours playing this game. Do you, do you think that's about right, buddy? Yeah, probably 15. I don't know if he's able to respond right now, but uh, it was a lot of hours. But what happened, this is so funny. This is, and this was really restful. By the end of the week, I find myself uh, waking up in the middle of the night thinking about the board game and my next move. And sometimes I find myself getting grumpy with my son because, you know, he did this and I wanted to do that. And uh, Katie actually said, said to me yesterday, we were hiking, she said, you know, I did wonder a couple of times this week when it, you looked deep in thought, whether you were thinking about something deep or whether you were just thinking about your board game. And I told her in a moment of true confession, honey, I was thinking about the board game. Um, that, I mean, I, that's just, it was just, it became consuming. And so it was not restful. And so because of my uh, incredible spiritual maturity, my son actually is the one who said to me on about Thursday, hey, dad, maybe we should take a, a break from the board game. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did. And it didn't last. And so then on Friday, <laughs> we realized this, I'm still like just consumed. Uh, we decided that we're going to, the board game's on this table that has a top to it. And so here's the next picture. So then we decided we're going to put the top on the, on, the, on the game table. And so now this is what the table looks like currently. Uh, you have that picture, Joe. It's coming. Oh, Ron approves. I see that, Erica. Um, hey, Joe, are you? There you go. Um, so see, that's the top and I put a plant on it so I can't like peek, uh, cleaned up the living room a little bit. And let me tell you what, the last two days have been so restful. <laughs> so restful. Brenda Rubio, I, I see your comment there. Um, and it's just been my, I feel like my mind has cleared. Uh, I see you snickering at me, Katie. That's my wife. Uh, but this, this is just how, this is what goes on in our world. It's not necessarily more work means more success. It's, it's not just busyness, it's distraction, it's focus, it's where do we put our energy and are we willing to truly rest? And so that's what we're talking about today. Uh, and I'm not sure what your particular um, I don't know, uh, dysfunction is that leads you away from rest. But if 2021 is going to be a year of flourishing, we're going to have to allow God to come in and change the plot to twist it up a little bit.
And so Brian Raphael uh, is going to read scripture for us from Isaiah chapter 30 uh, about this sort of plot twist. Thanks, Brian. You want to unmute, Brian? Yeah, I'm him. There you go. Thanks. Okay. Um, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Brian. There's this invitation to rest, right? Quietness and trust and returning and rest, you'll be saved. And yet what I do, and I suspect you do it as well, is we do the same thing that the ancient Israelites do. Isaiah 30, 16 says, after God extends this invitation, come rest, take a week vacation says, you said, no, we will flee on horses. So no, I am not going to actually do that hard work of resting. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to distract. I'm going to fill up my time. I'm going to fill up my mind. I'm going to watch more TV. I don't know. This is what we do right? We say no. And I thought I'd, I, we'd take a, a moment here and be a, a bit interactive um, with an app called Slido. And we'd actually engage together, you and me. I know we're online and it's awkward. But I want to ask the question in a word or two, why don't we rest? Why, why don't you rest? What is it? And the shorter the, if you can just use one word, that's even better. You can use two or a phrase, but um, you can either use the QR code there or you can just zip over to slido.com. And I actually wanna, I wanna encourage you, type in some things like, why do you not rest? Ah, self-avoidance. And just read along. You can, you can put stuff in the uh, chat too, if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> the zombies, I'm sorry about those. Um, fear of missing out. Right, you have, to, you have to be on social media because what if something else is going on? Guilt, now guilt is an interesting one, isn't it? 
says a lot about the culture we grew up in and the culture that we live in, right? Guilt says, you know, you, you have to keep working. That's what people do, that it's too luxurious to actually rest. I, I felt that when I went off social media and text messages and all that last week, um, I felt a little bit guilty as your pastor even. Like, oh my gosh, what, what's going to happen? Are people going to be okay? Yeah, self-soothing instead of self-care, right? I mean, sometimes there could be a moment of rest, but you decide to just start eating. Not in a restful way, but in a self-soothing way, instead of actually saying, what would make me well? I think there's clearly a lot of unawareness. Oh man, we, we, don't, we actually don't know how. I think some of us, we literally have never learned how to rest. And I, I think the, the lack of self-awareness is a sense of, you know, different people rest in different ways. Like the first couple of days of, board, of playing board games with my son was really restful. A lot of people don't think of playing board games as restful. And then there are the, the deeper things right, that lurk in the shadows. There's the pain. There's the fear. There's the shame. And I think there is a little bit of, you know, if I was actually quiet, would I be worth something? If I was still, would I matter? Would God speak? What if God doesn't speak? So this is exactly, um, I mean, well, first off, let me say, I really appreciate you guys sharing um, a lot of those things. Wow, that was just really, really insightful. There's a lot of distraction. We, we just build these habits around our media usage, around our, our phones. We don't want to face the sadness of whatever, whatever is, whatever is there. So, so the passage, let's go back to the passage. So what the passage says is that there are actually consequences to not resting. And so many times, particularly in the church, because the church, you know, pastors like me, we love to guilt people. And so we project that on God and we say, well, God is trying to judge you. But that's actually, I don't want to read the passage this way because I don't think that's God's heart here. As we work through the passage, you'll see that. There is a consequence though. In in verse 16, actually, there are a couple of consequences. One is it says, therefore, your pursuers will be swift. So, so, we, so the Israelites said, no, we're going to run away on horses. We're going to go and fight these battles and do all this other stuff. And God says, well, therefore, your pursuers will be swift. And it's not a sense of judgment or uh, God's, you know, shaking his finger. It's a sense of, ah. Oh, his heart, you can hear God's heartbreak, like, oh, no, 
then your pursuers will be swift. As you run all, as you run so fast, your pursuers run all the faster. Your thoughts now just run, 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 run. So much anxiety because you're afraid to stop and face them. It's a natural consequence of, of busyness, a busy mind, a distracted life. And then in Isaiah 30, 17, it says, and then you'll, you'll be left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. You see the picture there? It's this, it's this lone flag on a mountaintop. The lone banner. All by itself. Isolated. And again, this is the natural consequence. This is not God saying, I'm going to do this to you. But this is God saying, oh, no. No, you're going to do this to yourself. So what happens, right? We, we isolate ourselves in our busyness. Sometimes because it's so scary to ask for help. Many times because we want others to think we're more successful than we are. We want to keep up appearances. So, so let's go back. Let's go back and think about that initial invitation to rest. This is what it says in Isaiah 30, uh, 30 15. And, and let's unpack this and think about what it might look like to, to live out this scripture. It says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Let's think about it. There are many different ways you can look at scripture. Um, and this verse is rich and is worth kind of holding on to or maybe um, putting on a post-it on your, your mirror uh, in your bathroom to kind of meditate on it. But today, what I'd like for us to do is to think about it as a progression. Repentance, rest, quietness, trust. So think about repentance, not as, again, not as some religious activity uh, that is required to feel accepted, but rather as an invitation to choose a different perspective. Repentance really is just switching your mindset, choosing a different way of seeing things. That's literally, uh, in, in the Greek, this obviously was written in Hebrew, but when it's translated into Greek for the Septuagint version of the, of the Old Testament that Jesus used, um, it's metanoia. It's change your mind. It's, it, that's what it is. Metanoia, change mind. Choosing a different way of seeing things. What if we thought about rest differently? 
What if we thought about success and flourishing differently? The second word is rest. So in repentance and rest, you shall be saved. Rest is it's just taking your foot off the accelerator, right? Whether that accelerator is working longer hours for your job or you know, scrolling through your social media feed or a thousand other things. For me, it's taking my foot off the accelerator means covering up the board game. I don't know what it is for you, but it's the invitation. And then as you do that, so you choose to think differently, like maybe there's a different way to go about this life. I'm gonna slow down. And then there's the invitation to quietness. Quietness is slowing your mind and your heart. Taking some deep breaths. Maybe doing a meditation practice. Maybe listening to some of those voices that you've been hiding from and letting them talk it out until finally they're done. And that leads us finally to that fourth word that Isaiah uses, which is trust. It's actually allowing God to care for you and for what you care about. To actually become fully present to yourself in all your glory and all your brokenness to face what's really there in yourself and in your world and a trust that God will actually care for you. Jesus talked a lot about this idea of rest. Uh, often it was couched around his teachings about the Sabbath. The Sabbath uh, back in the day was the Saturday, was Saturday, basically sundown Friday until Sunday, sundown Saturday, you would not work, you would not do physical activity. Um, you prepare, you know, your meals in advance, uh, you'd spend time with the family, you'd worship. One of the things that he, Jesus pushed back on is how people then turned the Sabbath into a religious observance. Because this is, again, this is what we do. We try to achieve. Or we turn the Sabbath into a way of distracting ourselves again, right? Like the board game. And Jesus is constantly trying to get us back to center, back to flourishing. When he's teaching about this and challenging some of the religious folks of, of his day, Jesus says this about the Sabbath, and it's the same thing about rest says in Mark chapter two, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. Like when we find ourselves choosing certain practices um, to help us rest, those practices themselves can become, you know, um, compulsive, religious, and Jesus is like, no, 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 let's, no, no. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Rest, trust, connecting with God, remembering that rest is a gift for you, 
so that you can flourish. That's the purpose of it. And if resting for you is riding your bicycle, well, get out and ride your bicycle. There's no rule against that. So now we're going to do another uh, interactive moment. And I want us to, before we enter into this one, I want us, we're going to just, I want to encourage everyone to take a couple of deep breaths and think about in a word or two, what is restful for you? So, and before you even write anything, just take a deep breath, try to be present to yourself and think about it, and then maybe put in a word. Yeah, for those who are listening by phone, people are putting in words that it's just really helpful. Things like sleeping, working out, walks, music, reading a book, a digital Sabbath bubble bath, doing nothing, sitting outside, drinking tea slowly. Oh, yeah, being present, painting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Snuggling with a kid, right? These are the things that we find are restful. And I mean, even as you look at this list, don't you realize like, yeah, those are really good. And so many times we don't, we don't get there. We don't get there because of our, our busy minds, our busy lives, um, our anxious hearts, our social media. I wanna take a minute and think about these, uh, these practices. And, and I'm gonna mention a few of them here. I think everything that, leave that up just for one second more, Joe. Everything here that, that you're looking at being in water, for example, a slow jog, the beach, everything here is spiritual. I think there's a temptation to think, oh, that's not spiritual enough. No, everything there is spiritual. That's, God is meeting you there. That is rest for you. And I want to bless that. I hope you can hear that. Bless you in these different ways of resting. Um, I, you know, this, I mean, this is kind of silly, but a number of years ago, um, I, you know, I would sleep through my alarm sometimes. I would just be so angry at myself, like, oh, I failed again. I didn't get up in time to get at it. That This verse from scripture started coming to mind because I think about all the stuff about taking naps and sleeping here. And it says uh, from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, the Lord gives sleep to those whom he loves. 
And so now every time I wake up and I realize I, I slept through my alarm or forgot to turn it on, I say that verse, the Lord gives sleep to those whom he loves. And just try to say, okay, God, thank you for the gift of resting. Like sleep is a spiritual gift, according to scripture. But let's, I just want to run through a couple of these um, uh, explicitly. There's some that are inherently spiritual. I mean, everything is inherently spiritual, all the stuff that we wrote down here. Um, but I want to work through now a list of things that are intentionally, there's a level of intentionality around spiritual practices that help in our resting. And so these will show up in your chat. Um, first is Sabbath. Do you take an intentional weekly time of rest? It could be a couple of hours. When our kids were little, uh, we would rotate. Uh, Katie would take three hours on Saturday mornings. I would take three hours on Sunday morning. Uh, to cover the kids so that the other one could go away and do whatever they wanted for three hours. I mean, I, I hear the parents trying to work stuff out like that today. Um, now for me, a Sabbath is a 24 hour break um, from social media, from electronics, stuff like that, to spend time with family, with God. The examine, the examine is an old spiritual practice, a, a daily time of reflection saying, where did I meet God today? Where did I miss God today? It's a great way to rest, to slow down, to be present. There's Lexio Divina, uh, which is, uh, there's a Lexio Divina group actually that's starting up again this Thursday night um, for church, but it's just a sacred reading of scripture, reading it out loud and listening for a word from God, just sitting with it, not studying or completing a workbook, but just sitting with a word from God. There's praying the hours, which is you'd set your your watch, or sometimes I'll set a reminder on my phone um, for, I, you know, sometimes I'll do it for a month or two, uh, every three hours to stop, to breathe. Or maybe there's a certain prayer like the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner, or something like that, uh, to stop. And, and it's called praying the hours, which is what uh, a lot of uh, monks and nuns do in monasteries. There's getting out in nature, um, and to have that to be an intentional spiritual practice, to breathe deeply, to enjoy, to give thanks for birds and grass, flowers. There's creating, uh, very uh, important to think about delighting in food, in art, uh, in yard work. Um, that can be super restful. And then there's reading. I mean, we saw that big in the in the Slido. And in particular, you know, think about reading as, I mean, I think it's really healthy and restful to read a fun book that's just for entertainment. And it can also be really helpful to have a book for spiritual growth. Now, whether it's explicitly spiritual or I have a number of friends who read through books on like justice and anti-racism, and they find it's just really challenging for their souls and nourishing to think about God's kingdom in coming in, in the world. So these are the, these are sorts of practices, the, the, all these things that we've listed. Why don't we rest? Why don't we do this more? 
And I want to close out with the last verse in this passage where God shows God's heart even more. And it's not about saying, uh, condemning us when we don't rest or guilting us for being busy or missing that spiritual rhythm or not taking that walk or Instead, you see God, again, graciously inviting us back to rest, back, back to home, back to being grounded. Because this is what it says. After God says, hey, I'm inviting you to, to rest, quietness, trust, and the people say, no, we're going to run away. We're going to be busy. We're going to go, go, go. God speaks these words at the end the very last verse of this section. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. There's a sense even for those who are bent on working for justice without rest. God says no. I'm the God of justice. I will do justice. You still need to rest. And for all of us, when we, when we fail at resting, there's still this invitation. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. It's okay. Um, Emma Roy is a friend of ours here at City Church. I've asked her to to read with us kind of a sort of a meditative uh, couple of paragraphs from um, an old acquaintance of mine named Bora Lee. And Bora wrote this to help people like you and me um, to sink into this idea that God wants to heal us and make us flourish. So I'd invite you potentially close your eyes um, and just listen quietly as, as Emma reads for us today. Um, and then when she's done, Louis Thaxton, one of our elders, will pray over us. So uh, Emma, are you on the are you on the call here? Hi there. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So let's listen to Emma as she reads. Uh, it's not going to be in the chat or on the screen. I just want you to be able to kind of quietly listen to this as best as you can and let it sink in. Why are we so reluctant to take the Sabbath rest God offers us? For one thing, we're influenced by a society which teaches us to require more things faster, better things cheaper, quantity and quality now. But our inability to rest is not only a sign of the times. It is one symptom of the fears that drive us to work harder, accomplish more, perform. I am reluctant to rest because I am afraid, afraid to give up control. Resting forces me to give up control of some things. And deep down, I am not sure that God can be trusted to follow through on them. If I rest, if I set aside God's work simply to enjoy him, will he see that his work is accomplished? Will he come through for me? Our other fears lurk even deeper. If I take time to be with God for extended periods, 
Will he make his presence felt and his care felt? What if I stop to listen and God doesn't speak? What if he doesn't have anything relevant to say? Fear speaks loudly and persuasively. Hide in your busyness. By keeping busy, we not only avoid our fears about God, but about ourselves. Our activities become the things that define who we are. We don't have to stop and confront haunting questions. Am I good enough? How do people see me? Am I loved for who I am and not what I do? To rest is an act of courage. By resting, we give God time to deal with our fears. When we rest, we live out what we believe. Borley.